Hello and welcome on in episode number 51 of the Wise Guys Podcast. I am John Tortorelli with my co-host Brennan Capazello and Justin Ray. Jay Ray is back on the show, fellas. And we have a lot to talk about because since you're here, Brennan proclaimed Josh Allen as a choke artist. He dug into the Minnesota Vikings. They beat the Bills and much more. So, Justin, how are you doing on this fine Thursday morning? So One week after Thanksgiving. Everything was fine up until I saw Instagram posts and I saw Brandon Capazello here uh, taking shots at my boy Josh Allen, who you guys know I've defended very hard to the core since the beginning of the season. Uh, I, I can't lie, Brandon, I was hurt, but I'm feeling good. I'm ready to be back on the show. I miss my boys, man. Let's do this. Episode 51. You First off, I'm pissed off that you guys weren't wearing like party hats for episode 50 or something. Well, you know, I was on the episode. That's what I was wearing. So yeah, you didn't even notice what we were wearing in honor of you. Justin, you were wearing baseball stuff, man. I did. I did see that, but I needed, I needed some party hats, guys. I needed like a little We only grind. We only grind. We don't know what party hats are. All we do is produce podcasts. You never please this man. You never please this man. He's never happy. You're you're the last person to talk about that. I'm freaking ready to go. Justin's talking hate. I'm talking facts. Let's get it going. Episode let's, 51. Let's go, guys. First topic of the show. So the Buffalo Bills lose to the Minnesota Vikings. Probably one of the 10 craziest, uh, 10 craziest minute, last 10 minutes of a football game I have ever seen. I've been watching football for 12 years. That's a lot of football games. When we look at the AFC, North, AFC East currently, the Buffalo Bills are not in first place, nor are they in second place. They are now in third by one win behind the Dolphins in first and the Jets in second. And the New England Patriots, currently speaking, are sitting in the wild card spot at five and four. Is there any possibility that the Patriots, the Jets, the Dolphins, and Bills can all make the playoffs? Because that by default will make this the best division in football. I think it's absolutely realistic, but my only concern is this. Uh, I think the Patriots can make a play at it. The Jets have some some tough games coming up. They still got to play Buffalo in Buffalo. They still got to play Miami in Miami. And then this week they're going to New England. And Lord knows they've been – that's the monkey on their back right now. They can't get it off as beating the New England Patriots. But uh, if Zach Wilson – it's really on – it's really up to Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson is going to shine in these next couple of games, then they'll be fine. They'll get in. And so, yeah, it will be possible. Four teams from the AFC East getting into the postseason. That would be kind of crazy. Who would have thought that going into the season? Um, no, I don't think four teams are going to make it. Um, yeah, no, I think the Bills are a lock right now. Uh, Miami has a really good shot, even though – Miami's a lock. Get it right. I was right. trying to um, – go ahead, speak on why Miami's a lock. I got to find something real quick, Justin. I speak on why Miami's a lock. Have you have have you seen their last four games with Tua? They're rolling. I mean, Tua's looking like an MVP, but we'll get back to that. We'll get onto that later. But yeah, Miami is rolling. And I actually had a stat since I since Brandon's not ready yet. I'll I'll read a stat that I saw the other day about Zach Wilson. So my cousin, he was he reached out to us and he was like, "Here's some information that nobody asked for." This is a quote. He goes, in two games against the Patriots, he says the third game doesn't count because uh, he was injured early in the first half. 
Zach Wilson has two touchdowns and seven interceptions. In the other 16 games, he's had 11 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Not great at all, but better than you would think. My cousin says, I quote, if the Jets beat the Patriots on Sunday, they are winning the division. Sunday. If the Jets beat the Patriots on Sunday, they're winning the division. No, but uh, what I had here is my um, updated playoff list for the AFC. So, yeah, uh, I just wanted to make sure I don't have Miami making the playoffs. Um, I have them finishing 10 and 7. Uh, I have them finishing 4 and 4 to end the season. Uh, I have the Patriots getting into the playoffs. I don't have the Jets in the playoffs, and I obviously have the Bills in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, if you go um, go over the Dolphins' schedule, right, to end the season, I had them beating the Browns, right? That was one of their last games. I have them beating the Texans, okay? I have them losing to the 49ers. I have them losing to the Chargers. I have them losing to the Bills. Then I have them beating the Packers. I have them losing to the Patriots, and I have them beating the Jets. That's 4-4 four and four to end the season, counting the Browns game, which I had them winning. You're nuts. Any, John, any reactions? The Patriots are making the playoffs. There's no way. You look at their okay. schedule, they still have to play the Jets one more time. They have the Bills. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Just... The Patriots are going to lose three of these next division games. You think I mean, we're going to lose to the Jets? If you don't have 10 wins, if you do not have 10 wins, do not make in the playoffs. We're beating the Jets. We're beating the Jets. I mean, we're going to get I'm not quite victim, sure about that. Yeah, I'm home. not quite sure. But this guy who tells me, obviously, Brandon, have you watched football this season? Have you watched football at all? Have you watched Zach Wilson against the Patriots? What Did you in watch your Mac mind? Wilson? Did you watch Mac mind? Jones look like Mac Wilson against the Jets? And you don't want to talk about mind? that. If it weren't for one pick six matter. being pulled back before halftime, the Patriots what? are losing that game. There was game. a flag on that play. play. Hold on. If the pick six means nothing when there's a flag on the play. It, it, that means nothing, John. You're bringing up a point that means nothing because that play never really happened because there was a flag on the play. <laughs> what are you talking about there was a pick six before half? There was until there was a flag. So then that play means nothing. <laughs> He's quiet. Mac Jones has taken a massive step back this year. Uh, nobody's me. debating that. But, but can you talk about the, everything else on the Patriots team? The run game is still very good. Okay? Our O-line is getting better. Our defense is top 10. Our defense is what makes Zach Wilson play terrible. Do you not see that over the, the Jets' defense is probably better than the Patriots' defense. Well, they got top five corner in Sauce Garner, one of the best cornerback number twos, and get this, the defensive front, Quinn Williams, John Franklin, Myers, and good edge rushers, that defense is only getting better. They're younger. Hey John, that defense wasn't good enough to beat fire. us. The defense wasn't good enough to beat us, what, two, three weeks ago? John, Zach do those, do those the numbers? Most game of the season. Do those That's numbers awesome. that I read to you not stick out at all? His numbers against the Patriots? That doesn't bring any caution? That I think straight up that he's going to go into New England and beat beat the Patriots. I think the defense can get a couple of turnovers, and if they get two picks on Mac, which is very well in the possibility, Dude. then for Zach the game is going to be simplified. And if he he's shown much development over the last two weeks since that Patriots game, if he can just progress and not take a step backward, and it's hard to take a step back from that Patriot game, and that was one of the worst games of football this year. The, the Jets can easily win that. Well, they I have, think they got that defense did get a turnover on the Patriots in their game. They can get more. The and problem, is, Zach, that, the problem is, is that we got three turnovers. That's what you're not mentioning. You're just mentioning what Mac can't do. 
but you're not mentioning what Zach can't do. And you're not mentioning what our running game can do because our game is not predicated on Mac Jones making great plays. It's predicated on the run and the play action. We're coming off the bye. The Jets are coming off the bye as well. Okay. The Patriots' offense concerns are miscommunication and mistiming between Mac and his receiving core. That's the problem. That can be fixed pretty easily. I shouldn't say easily because nothing's easy in the NFL, but you know what I mean? That can be worked on. That's not something where you're like, oh, we're dead. That that can't be fixed. That can't be fixed in the season. We we just had a – it can't be fixed in game, but it can be fixed with the bye week, which we just had. So I'm hoping Mac Jones worked a lot, had a lot of time with his receiving core, his tight end core too. Patricia, hopefully – I mean, Bill Belichick basically called him out uh, in the in one of the press comments or media scrums where he said like, because um, uh, I believe it was Shaq Leonard came out and said that uh, we could basically predict what the Patriots offense was doing. Like, it was very predictable. And then Belichick, uh, I forget the quote, but basically said the same thing. Like, yeah, our offense is being predictable. It's bad and whatever. It's got to be fixed. That's a direct shot at Patricia. Hopefully those things have been addressed and that can be fixed. And that's why I think this game's more of a toss-up than anything else. It's not a toss-up when you look at the history of Zach Wilson versus Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, I forget just Zach Wilson, the Jets in general over the last couple yeah. of years. Can 13 straight losses, Justin. Yeah. 13, they haven't beat them in seven years. What happened? Yeah. So I don't see that ending right now. I, like, I, like Brandon said, both teams are coming off of a bye, but I'd feel way more comfortable if I'm placing my money down on anybody it's Bill Belichick be, and his team being more prepared than a Robert Sala-led team coming off of a bye. It's a home game. Jets ain't walking in there and, and tearing down the party. I have bad I'm, news for my friends. I have bad news for you. I, I hope that you don't go out there placing bets on this game because you will just be wasting your money. Uh, this is a, a guarantee in my brain. Um, I'll place a bet on that. I'm not going <laughs> to double down. On the Jets winning, but I do think it's going to be a close game. And it's okay. going to come down to which quarterback plays better, Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. And quite frankly, neither of them this year have been quite impressive, to the very least. Oh, now, when we look at the oh. Patriots' larger schedule, this is what concerns me. You got the Jets this week. I'd say it's a 50-50 game at home. And then you got the 8-1 and Vikings on primetime. I think the Vikings can win that game because they're a better oh. football team. Justin Jefferson is a top three receiver in the league. Dalvin Cook is ridiculous. And get this, their defense made timely plays and got three turnovers in the last 15 minutes versus Josh Allen, which includes overtime. So I have a lot of faith in that Minnesota team. If there's anywhere you're going to beat them, interior offensive line, secondary can be exposed, and then Kirk Cousins will be the cherry on top. But that Viking team is better than the Patriots. Then next week, you have the Buffalo Bills at home Thursday night. So that's back-to-back primetime games. Then you have the Cardinals on primetime. Kyler Murray this year has not been great, but I do think they can get things together given how much is at stake for them and the possibility that Cliff Kingsbury could be gone. That could be a proven game for them. Next one, Las Vegas, you should win that. Then you That's got the another Bengals. primetime game. Sunday another primetime. You guys got four straight primetime games. You're not that good. I don't understand why the Patriots are getting so many of them. That's not the point. Then you have the Bengals on Christmas Eve at 1 o'clock. I think that's going to be a great game, but I would favor the Bengals on the road. Then you have the Dolphins at home the following week on New Year's Day, and then you end the season against the Bills. The Bills are probably going to be fighting for the number one seed. There's a real chance Josh Allen, Josh Allen's playing in that game. And if that's the case, the last four weeks of the season, plus five weeks, get this, you're playing Josh Allen twice, 
Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, the MVP currently, and then Josh Allen, the second time. Yeah. And yeah, between you're playing not, the Vikings and what you're not, Derek Carr. Which, what you're not bringing up about that is the fact that we're playing Kirk Cousins in primetime. Um, we're playing Kyler Murray late in the season where we've seen them fade. We're playing um, Tua Tungavailoa in New England in January. And I'm guaranteeing it's going to be freaking cold and there's a possibility it snows. <clears throat> That's all I'm saying there. You're not bringing up those points. And I've said from the beginning of the season, I've maintained it through the season. We're splitting with the, the Bills. We are. We have a great defense. I mean, you smile at it. They lost to three teams, all Josh Allen's fault. Again, if we can, we've seen Bill Belichick have Josh Allen struggle before. We've seen Josh Allen go off on Bill Belichick's defense. I'm going to say 50-50, they're going to go one and one. That's all I'm saying. I don't think that's a crazy – I'm not going out here and saying the Patriots are going to sweep the Bills. I'm not saying that. I might have said that last year before the season, but I'm not saying that this year, okay? I'm saying they're going to go 50-50. It's a divisional game. Anything can happen there. The one thing that I feel good about – in the schedule, and I've said it a couple of weeks ago that I'm not too optimistic about the end of the the their schedule, the end of the season schedule for them. But if I can find any line for optimism, it's the fact that Bill Belichick feeds off of quarterbacks that throw interceptions, that are good at throwing the ball to the other team. Derek Carr is over there. Joe Burrow does it a, a couple of times. We could we could get Josh Allen to throw a couple of picks, even though I'm not optimistic about that game. Um, and we can feast on the Vikings. I really do believe that we can. Um, so in Bill, we trust over this last end of the season. I can still see the Patriots, the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins all finding a way to squeeze into the playoffs. If I have any compliment for your Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson is a Monster. bona fide stud. This year, he's been a top 10 back. And you guys are probably going to let Damian Harris go. We're seeing right now, you know, running back is the most useless position in sports because of how replaceable it is. Every single season, the Bears, they're going through this with David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert's a beast, and it kind of does irritate me. An elite back like Najee Harris, he goes in the first round, and is Najee a first-round talent? Yes. But is he worth a first-round pick, that type of investment? No. No running back almost is, unless it's Derrick Henry, and he was a second-round pick because ultimately— when you look at the history of running backs, when you pay them, you have to replace them every single time. And currently speaking, you look at the top running backs in the NFL, few of them have consistently done it year in and year out. Derrick Henry was injured last year. Jonathan Taylor struggled with an ankle this year. Saquon Barkley was terrible the last two years, partially due to injury and him getting back from the ACL. And many others, even a Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, these elite running backs we look at, oftentimes they have their highs and you say, this dude's a stud. And then they have their lows. And somewhere in between is a back that almost never is worth the first rounder. And so for the Pats to get in the fourth round of the draft, I guess so far this year it's averaging, I don't know, 4.8 yards a carry and 70 a game while splitting the backfield. That was an amazing draft pick. And as a Steeler fan, I'm envious. I'll be honest with you. Anything else with this division? Because I have the Bills finishing number one, the Dolphins number two, the Jets number three. I think the Jets missed the playoffs. I do. I think the Chargers are getting over them. I've kind of changed my tune on the Jets a little bit. And the last day, the Patriots missing the playoffs at 8-9 and nine or 9-8. and eight. Well, 
I still see the Bills winning the division. I mean, it'd be a very scary sight if Miami finds a way to win the division. Like I said before, a playoff game in Miami is exactly what they need to, to make sure that they get to, to the Super Bowl. They need to play a playoff game in Miami. So, but yeah, I'm going to roll Buffalo. I think they pick it up. I think it's uh, just been an ugly two games. Yeah, I have uh, Buffalo winning the division, obviously. I have the Patriots in second place making the playoffs. Then I have Miami, and then I have New York. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Best Amp. When it comes to sports betting, guys, all of us want to make the most money, want to get the best bang for a buck. And with the Best Amp app, what they'll provide you with is the best odds across the sports betting market. All you have to do is download their completely free app and sign up for any of the variety of sports books out there so that you can give yourself an edge in the game. Be sure to bet like a pro with the Best Amp app. Not only is it free, but it provides so many other perks. Custom betting trackers. If you want to sell any picks, if there's no commission, royalty free, you get the entire cuts. Thank you to Best Amp for supporting our show. And as always, let's get back to it. So talking about disrespect, BCAP has the Dolphins missing the playoffs this season, which Jaira and I do not believe. Don't think we're all in one. And I kind of have a belief Typically with the quarterback, they are the ones that win MVP. It's, ooh, Brandon on the low side of the screen. Ooh, he gets called out, and all of a sudden, he's on the bottom now. Jairi, do you see yourself? You're on the top for me. He's been on the bottom for me the whole time. The whole time? The whole time. Well, he just swapped to the bottom. That's crazy. And speaking of crazy, Tua this year has been fantastic. He leads the NFL in touchdown percentage at 7.3%. He's got 18 TDs to three picks. He also leads the NFL in yards and attempt at nine yards, yards per completion at 13, quarterback rate at 118, quarterback rating, QBR at 83. And he's also undefeated when he finishes games. And I look at this Dolphins team. They struggled mightily with Teddy and Skylar Thompson without him. There is a legitimate case to it this year has been the most valuable player in football. But if we're going to put him in this discussion, we have to also group in Tyreek Hill because Tyreek has been so good this year that he is nearly on pace to surpass 2,000 receiving yards. Breaking Cooper Cup's insane season last year would be what he's doing right now through 10 games. He nearly has his career high in receiving at 1,100 yards, 1,148. He's 300 away. That was set in the 2018 season, and he has 81 receptions. There's a very real case this year. If he finishes with 2,000 yards, he can win MVP because of the type of impact he's made in Miami. And then Mike McDaniel, who I think is the most undervalued person here. We talk so much about the weapons. If you could Justin Herbert, the weapons, and then a Mike McDaniel, I don't think this would be a discussion. A Josh, any quarterback would be amazing in this situation. So with that in mind, while also understanding the Dolphins have not won a game this year without Tua playing and completing it, is Tua Tungavailoa the MVP? Jay Ray, I'm going to start with you because I know BCAP is going to try to shoot down your bubble. I'm going to hit him with a strong rebuttal. All right. So, yeah, right now, I, I remember we had a, a conversation. We gave our midseason awards, and I handed the MVP to Jalen Hurts. Uh, but right now, as it stands this week, the NFL changes week by week. A lot of things change. And, yeah, the way Tua Tungavailoa is playing, Tua is the MVP to me. He is. And my living proof of that is the games that they've lost this season. That when he's not on the field, the game against Cincinnati, he got knocked out early. The game against the Jets, he wasn't on the field. They got smacked by the Jets. Then losing to the Vikings, the second he gets back, that offense is rolling. He's putting up numbers. He's averaging over 300 yards a game passing. He has, he's had three touchdowns, I believe, in his last three games. 
the guy is absolutely going crazy. And this is an exact, this is exactly what you want to see from your team when you want to invest into a quarterback. This is it. This is exactly what you want to see. Everybody had their worries going into this season. They invest in him and he's shining. This is what you expected out of Tua coming out of Bama. This is what you wanted to see. It was always there. He was accurate. He was smart with the football. He's not throwing you into trouble. Now you're seeing that with the weapons that he has on his team. He has the head coach there that definitely supports him. I think this is, I think it's clear as day to me. I think Tua is really the MVP of the NFL season right now. And if this keeps up, Miami is going to finish with the one seed in the AFC. I think that's, I think that warrants an MVP, MVP consideration. And yeah, John, I'll, I'll tip my cap to Tyreek Hill too, because without him, this was probably not happening. So yeah, it could definitely be up for grabs. But right now I'd say it's Tua, Mahomes, and then who else? And Tyreek. Yeah. So, um, Brandon, and it's not that crazy, so you can't. I guess Mahomes, I hope you don't scoff at it. I guess Mahomes just stopped playing football, right? Um, he hasn't played football. Anymore. Anymore. I just said, yeah, I just no, I know, on. I understand. I'm just, I just want to be clear about this. You know, Mahomes just, I guess, just all of a sudden not. I mean, Mahomes you literally just the team ex- in the I'm biggest sorry, team of the I'm season. sorry, but you. Towards the end, you kind of slipped a little bit. You kind of exposed your own take, Justin. You said. Because you you named your three MV, uh, three MVP candidates. You said, you know, Tua, Mahomes, and then you said Tyreek. And you said, without Tyreek, this probably isn't happening. You exposed your take about who's well, the most I, valuable I think player. he's still having a very good season because Jalen Waddle, everybody has stepped up this year, especially no. now Mike McDaniel in the fold. So Hold on. Hold on. But without Tyreek, this wouldn't be happening. So there you are taking – then, then you're not the most valuable player on the team. You're not even the most valuable player on your own team. You aren't. Mahomes is doing this without Tyreek. Still playing at an MVP cal- caliber um, um, season. First in passing yards, first in touchdowns, only seven interceptions, and he's second in QBR. And he's played every game. Two has missed three games. So we don't know if he would have struggled in those three games or if he would have played great in those two games. We don't know. <sighs> All I know is that Mahomes has played in every game. He's playing without the guy that we thought was going to cause trouble because he's not there anymore, and he's such a game-breaker in Tyreek Hill. He's doing that. We didn't think he would struggle. There were people out there. There were questions. People were questioning. In the NFL world, people were questioning, oh, is is Mahomes going to take a little bit of a step back because Tyreek's not there? People were questioning that out there. I'm not saying I was. I wasn't. I, I didn't. I don't think I said you guys specifically. I just said there were people out there that were thinking that. He's doing this with a Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a very good number two, but he's a number two. He's not a number one. He's doing this with um, uh, MVS. We know MVS has struggled. He's really a number three, if we're going to be honest. He's doing this with McCole Hardman, probably a number three, if we're going to be honest. Uh, obviously, he's got Travis Kelsey. Nobody's going to take that away from him. And he's the best tight end in football. He's doing this with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I'm going to give the nod to Mahomes because of no Tyreek. So I throw this to you. How many quarterbacks in the league right now? And I want a number. 
do you think would be having the same success as Tua or more success than Tua in this situation? How many quarterbacks? Because I feel like I can name 15, 16 players in the NFL, NFL quarterback. I can't hear you, John, in the league right now that can have just as good, if not better, than a, a season that Tua is having right now. If they were in Tua's situation? Yes. I don't think that's necessarily true because we just saw their four, their three losses came without him on the field. And just you can't just plug any quarterback in that situation. Yeah, but we're not plugging not in, uh, any receivers. Now, yes, not, if you're going to say Mahomes, you put Mahomes in that situation, you put a Josh Allen in that situation, a Rodgers. Yeah. Brady, but just, but we're just talking what I'm saying league. is that we're saying, I'm saying that we're not talking about a Teddy Bridgewater, a backup quarterback who's a very good backup, but he's a backup quarterback. We're talking about top 15 quarterbacks, 16 quarterbacks in the league. That's what I'm trying to get to at, is with you guys. So really think about it. Like, you, know, you can go through the list of the quarterbacks in your head of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm thinking Mahomes, Josh Allen, yep. Brady, Rodgers, um, Herbert. Herbert. You're counting right there. That's four, right? Burrow. I wasn't Burrow. right, Matt. So you have Burrow. five now. I have six. Lamar. Lamar. Lamar, that's seven. All right. Um, Dak Prescott. Deshaun Watson. Let's not talk about He's him. not on the field. I'm not. Okay, like... but I still would say about it. Um, I, I don't want to talk about Deshaun. I just. Don't okay, like that's him. fine. Okay, We're just, so... I'm just saying that I believe that he would be having success with this. I offense. don't care about it. Okay, I'm not, that's fine, wanna... John. Tyler. That's fine. That's fine. Not, I understand your hate say... towards Deshaun. I get it. I'm All not right, so say... we got that. We got that. Derek Carr? No. You don't think Derek Carr would have similar success or more success right now? No, because he has a great offense as it is right now. Well, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro's not out, but I understand. They, and, the got Josh and Josh McDaniels. That's what I'm saying. You got to plug him into that offense right now currently. I prefer okay. Tua. Okay. And I won't take Dak because I do think that their their ceiling is similar. So – so you think that he would have similar success? So I guess similar success, yes. but yeah. That's what I'm saying. I want similar or more success. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Yes, that's nine. Okay. Um, I think we can agree Daniel Jones, no. Nope. Uh, Carson Wentz, probably no. And Taylor nope. Heineke, no. Kirk Cousins. Nope. He wouldn't Taylor be having Lawrence. a similar success. I think Kirk is going to be what Kirk is. I don't think anything changes. He's still the same quarterback to me. He's not playing any gloriously you better. guys have called kirk a pretty damn good quarterback in this league i think you guys he's not solid kirk cousins is an above average quarterback that so then he would be having success in this offense right similar i don't think success. so i don't think he'd have as much he'd have similar like, success similar. yes okay, but, uh, but okay, not as much right? no stop stop you're please. not taking can we get on the same page can we get on the same page can we all get on the same page please right i said similar success or more success so please let's get Let's get on the same page. If it's similar success, it's a yes. If it's more success, it's a yes. If, if it's, it's not, less success, no. it's no. But you said it would be similar. You said similar. Okay, so yes, he would have success. Aaron Rodgers, we already said. No Jared kidding. Ball. Most quarterbacks look good with these Jared receivers. But they, but they look like and the best no. quarterback in football. Jared no, Goff, no. no. Jared Goff. Brandon, there's a misunderstanding here with your evaluation on Tua. You don't think Tua is a good quarterback. Let's just say how it is. You don't like his arm strength. You don't like his size. You don't like his durability. You don't like his athleticism. But what is Tua really good at? How has he had such a good season? You ask yourself, what is Tua's elite skill that some of these other quarterbacks, like Derek Carr, like Matt Ryan, like Dak Prescott, may not be as good at? 
Number one, he's elite in the red zone. He is amazing. The anticipation, the velocity on his throws, it's accurate. It's decisive. He's fantastic in that area. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football. This year, he has those bad plays every now and then. He came off the concussion, off of two weeks out, and versus Steelers had four turnover-worthy plays. We can acknowledge that and then realize these last three weeks, Tua has played out of this world. He has looked as good as any top five quarterback in football. But you're and not saying... Because of the talent around him, but here's the thing, my friend. For as, you for just exposed your own take again. You did it again. No, I you didn't. No, I didn't. Because, because for as talent around him. You just did it again. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. I'm not taking... I'm re See, this is the difference. What I'm doing is I'm understanding what Tua is doing out there. But I'm giving all the credit to the people around him. We and I'm that. Saying I hear that. I take, okay, and if I'm saying if I take the 15 or 16 quarterbacks in the, center, in the NFL, I believe they could have similar or more success than Tua. And I think we're all getting to that same point right now. See, but what I'm, if I'm I took Tua? What if I took Tua and put him in other situations? Do you think you would be having the same success? Do you think we would be talking about him the same way you guys are talking about him right now? Do you think so? Yes or no? That goes without being said, no. Then he's not elite. Nobody's calling him elite. It, if you can't do it, it's top five, not elite. John just said he's a top five quarter. He's playing like a top five quarterback. At the so so why is he not over the last couple of weeks? So, Brandon, let me that's, ask that's you That's what this. he said. It, it's like I, and I said it before. I said the NFL changes week to week. Don't I don't go that way. Don't grab like a whole the whole season, the whole mm -hmm. enchilada and say, no, he's not an elite quarterback. Look at the last see, couple of weeks. See, that's what I don't do. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an analogy. If you're a car salesman, if you're a car salesman, so one week this guy sells the most cars, the next week another guy sells the most cars. So it goes week by week who's the best car salesman, or is it consistency? Okay, you think then. a new guy walks into a car business. And he's like, he starts selling a lot of cars and the veterans in there, the best ones in there are saying, oh yeah, he's good, but let's see him sustain it. Let's see him consistently do it. Let's see him do it year after year. That's how you prove you're great. It's not week by week. I've never seen this in any other job. It is not, oh, one day you're the best and the next day you're the best. That is not how it works. Brand, okay. It's only sports. Time, no, no, no. I don't play by those rules. I really Bro, don't. I'm sorry. How about I these rules? So how years. is Tyree Kill having his best season yet in Miami? With Tua Tungavailoa, after just playing with Patrick Mahomes the first six years of his career. Why exactly is that? Do you think that's by coincidence? That Tyreek is on pace to break the all-time receiving yards record in a single season set by Calvin Johnson at 1,947. How is that? If Tua can then take Tyreek Hill, who was looked at as a top five receiver, and just like Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup last season, takes him to the highest levels at the receiver stanchion of all time. How is that? People understood how great Tyreek was already. A lot of people said he was the best wide receiver in football. Even when we talked about it before the season, I made mention that there is a case that you can make that Tyreek is the best receiver in football because of how he is a great... I said, he's the only receiver in football that at all times, at all times, if the defense does not know where he is, it's done. Game breaker. I've said that before, before the season. They are featuring him. I believe they are, Mike McDaniel is featuring him much more than Andy Reid did. Now, that probably because Travis Kelsey was also there and he had to eat and he is a the best tight end in football and Andy Reid spread the ball around more while um, Mike McDaniel is going to a – I mean, not to a 
uh, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle a lot more, and then running the football. I just think Mike, I think it's attributed to Mike McDaniel is feeding him a lot more. And it's a maybe I'm not going to say that he's a better play caller than Andy Reid because he doesn't have the sustain, he's got to do consistency and do this over a long time. But maybe he has a little bit more of a creative play style than Andy Reid for a Tyreek Hill and a Jalen Waddle. What if Tua is the perfect fit for Mike McDaniel's system? And he's been so excellent over the last few weeks, he has actually made Mike McDaniel look like a better play caller because many quarterbacks in the system, like a Derek Carr, a Dak, a heck, even I think of like a Matt Ryan, an NFL MVP. This is a guy who has won MVP before. Matt Ryan has struggled in areas where Tua has excelled. I'm Red out. zone, accuracy, anticipation, Time and out. most of all, production. The most productive quarterback in football you're so lying. far this year. You're lying because you're not telling the whole story. I shouldn't say you're not lying. You're not lying, but you're not telling the whole story. Over the last couple of seasons, yes, Matt Ryan has not performed in those areas. But if we're talking prime, if you're comparing the MVP Matt Ryan, prime Matt Ryan, you don't think prime Matt Ryan would have success in this offense right now? He struggled in the red zone big time. And two of this year has been magnificent. I'm talking frankly. about prime Matt Ryan. He always struggled in the red zone. Okay. Always. Why do you think Julio is never surpassing 10 TDs? No, I'd like to first off, Brandon, I never called Tua an elite quarterback. Okay. Never once. Let's get that straight. I understand your argument that you want to take, you want to look at history, you want to see what they've accomplished over their career. And in his first three seasons, he has not shown that he is an elite quarterback. But this being his third season, new head coach, new system, now talent around him, actually, we're seeing the makings of what can be an elite quarterback. And what I'm saying this year, when he has been on the field, he has played at a top tier level. He is not playing like garbage. The last couple of weeks, he has lit up the scoreboard. That's all I'm saying. And right now, at this moment, he is playing at the level of an MVP. So I'm not saying, no, this guy is this all elite talent. No, not at all. But this is the version of Tua that Miami was hoping to get when he came out of Bama. That is it. To me, he's playing like an MVP. So maybe I, I over-exaggerated or we dragged this a little bit too far, but that's exactly where I was going. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to say he's anything that he's not. I just think at the moment right now, he's playing up there with the big boys. I get it. I understand what you're saying. I mean, right now, like I said, he, he's in. if the season ends today, he has a home playoff game in Miami. Mm -hmm. That, that hasn't happened in a long time. But what I'm saying is, um, are they the – are you, they're the number one seed over Kansas City right now? No, the two seed. But I'm saying they'll get a home playoff game. Oh. Yes, in the uh, – okay, yes, yes. But yeah. if they went up against Kansas City, they'd have to go up. Okay. Yes. Um, what I'm saying is two things. If you take Tyreek Hill out, I don't think any of us think that he's playing at the level that he's playing at right now. And I believe that there are at least 15 to 16 quarterbacks in this league right now that I can plug in to the Miami offense right now, and they would have similar or more success than Tua Tungvaluwa. And I think if you put Tua in other situations, that he wouldn't be having the same success. That's all I'm saying. I think 15 to 16 is a lot. I, I'd say lot. comfortably maybe nine. Well, I we agree. didn't get to it. We didn't get to yeah. the whole list because John had to go into his yeah, little diatribe. Okay, we got so about 11 quarterbacks. I, I, I knew the list was going down when I heard Jared Goff 
that's no because no no that's not the list i wasn't going down no, no, the list. No, i, I know was that, going by division but we I didn't get to was... we didn't get to other quarterbacks but it's fine we didn't get to other quarterbacks no we got our point i, I, because... I understand where you're coming from i hear you I think, Brandon, you have the right idea, but you're exacerbating and overlooking fit. Because Tua is the perfect situation, and for Miami, they have the perfect quarterback for the system. He is. And there's no way Kirk Cousins is have, in my opinion, I don't think he's had as much success and he's going to be as effective. And therefore, he's not having similar success. He's having less. That's my standpoint. I think only eight or nine quarterbacks would be able to produce in this same, in this same rate. I think the cutoff point is Dak Prescott. Once you get past Dak, Kirk, Derek Carr, Ryan, those guys not have the same type of success. And Kyler, I think he would be actually the last quarterback. Derek Carr was in an MVP consideration with less talent on his team, but okay. Well, he had a Five years good, ago. He had a, he had a very good team that, back then. That's was, what, but he didn't have the same type of offense as this one. I mean, he yeah, didn't I mean, have it, the, it was It was prime Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. Yeah, but Amari, uh, I'm sorry, Amari was never on a Tyreek Hill level. He wasn't. No, I'm, I'm, just, not yeah. compar- I'm not comparing the two, but I'm saying – I understand what you're saying. You, you did I know. Say. Yep. All righty. With that out of the way. All righty then. Tua is one of the players this year that had a lot to prove. I want to touch up on a quarterback in New York that has improved a lot this year briefly and is 7-2 this season. Oh His name God. is Daniel Jones. Brandon, I'm going to ask you. You know what, actually? Should I start with you again, Justin? Do you want to start off? Start with Brandon. Start with Brandon. So, B-Cap, Daniel Jones has improved a lot this year. His pocket presence, he's took better care of the football, he's been more mature, we've seen his mobility, and we've also seen his ability to extend plays on full display. You can call him a system quarterback, but he's winning games. And beyond that, the Giants' offense is flowing with him. They've done a very good job of the closed games. He has the lead in the NFL for game-winning drives. So he's been clutch in the fourth quarter. He's been able to help his team win games and sustain drives with his legs and his arm. Pretty unique skill set. You can maybe call him a dual-threat quarterback. Is Daniel Jones a franchise guy? Is he a franchise quarterback? Or is he developing into one? Is he developing into one? Is he developing into a franchise quarterback? (laughs) Still young. So. No. No, he's not developing into a franchise quarterback. Um, I mean, if you think my opinions on two are low, I mean, I don't know what you think my opinions on Daniel Jones are. Uh, yeah, uh, that no, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, again, I don't get caught up in the okay, he's having a good season with a very good head coach right now, but he's not even having like a like the, he's not even having a tour type season. Like he's having. Eh, like, okay, it's better than what he's put out, but what he's put out is absolute dog crap. Who's his receiver number one, B? Who is it? Darius Slayton right now. Who's actually Who's looked good the two? past three games. Darius Slayton has actually looked pretty damn good the last three games. Why? Uh, huh? Why? Why do you think that is? Not Daniel Jones, because I literally on su- last Sunday, I saw Darius Slayton take like a 50-something yard screen pass to the freaking house or, or a short yardage pass to the house. It wasn't Daniel Jones throwing a deep bomb all right again i've seen over the past three seasons daniel jones show really no positive stuff i, I don't even know how to put it he's showing he no- a step forward yes he's taking i've not seen him really take that step forward 
And when he takes a step forward, he trips and falls. I'm sorry, it's just true. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to take this one season and go, oh, my God, Daniel Jones has had a resurgence, okay? It's the same thing with Gino. It's the same thing with, again, please, I don't follow the same rules as you guys. I'm sorry, but I don't. I don't live in a world where week by week, day by day, the best or somebody can just change a complete narrative on a whim. I need consistency. Okay. It's kind of like when you make a mistake and you just apologize for it and then your actions don't follow that, or maybe you do it, you, you know, you, sh you show it for a first couple of days or a week or a couple of weeks, and then you divert back to that same habit. Am I supposed to Has like Daniel continue? Jones diverted back to these? We don't know. We haven't seen him. consistency. We haven't seen it. We'll see if he's. But Brandon, we're just seeing Daniel Jones with a real head coach. And yeah, he's not having a Tua type season. Part of that's because Tua has two awesome receivers, a good tight end, and he's in a great okay, offense. Wait, let's, let's, get to the bottom. let's get back down to the bottom. Franchise quarterback. Okay. How many franchise quarterbacks are in the league? Let's count them off. How many franchise quarterbacks? Patrick Mahomes, right? Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matthew Stafford. You guys would still agree with that? Yeah. Uh, help me out if you guys got names. Joe, Joe Burrow, six. Joe Burrow, Lamar, seven. Yep. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Thanks. Russell Wilson, or are we completely off Russell? You don't think point, Russell could have no. success if he had a better offense and head coach? I I believe he would have a better put, success. I think he's still put a Russell there. Put Russell. Okay, there. so that's that's uh, nine. Who else we got? Kyler Murray. Is Kyler a franchise guy? He's in the bubble for me, kind of like bubble. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so we're kind of on the edge with the Kyler. Uh, Derek Carr. No. No. He's in the bubble as well. Bubble He's again. Okay, Dak Prescott. Yes. Okay. Franchise guy. So if we're including Russell Willis, the number is 10. If we're not, it's nine. And that's excluding Kyler. Kyler's leadership Kirk is why. Cousins? I don't think yes. No. You think Kirk's no. a franchise quarterback? I'm, I mean, I he I has been. I, okay, we need to define what is your guys' definition of franchise quarterback? Justin, go first. What's your definition? My definition of, of a franchise quarterback: uh, a yes. guy that provides you stability, consistency, and an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl every year. Okay, John, what's your definition of franchise guy? A franchise quarterback is one that maximizes the talent around him, and beyond that, when you put the talent around him, can win at the highest levels. Yes, because okay, of so him I, is one of the leading reasons. Yes, he's got to be the reason. That's what I'm saying, and I don't think Kirk has been the okay, reason. Okay, so if he's got to be the reason, then Kirk's off the list. Yes, well, what if he's one of the two or three reasons, not the? If he's one of the leading, I think that still makes him as one. Thank no, you. Matthew Stafford, he wasn't the leading reason. It was Cooper Cup. That was the Super Bowl MVP. It was Calvin Johnson, all-time receiver. But he was the second element of that, or the third was Sean McVay. So... Yeah, Stafford was the QB, but it can be multiple elements. If you're one of the main three to me, you are a franchise guy. Okay. okay. Um, and so we don't agree that Kirk Cousins is is that. No. Okay. Yeah, I think Kirk is also in that bubble with like a Kyler Derek Carr. Mm. How about um, Geno Smith? No, because again, <laughs> yes. it's the consistency. <laughs> But Gino no. did it last year. Gino was pretty good no, last stop year. Stop it. Stop okay. it. Okay, so there's – so there's That's 12 eight, games worth of starts, bust. There, so there's eight – so wait, do we agree on Dak Prescott as a franchise guy? Johnson, yes. I think You're he's in the bubble. bubble. 
bubble. Okay, I'm a little bit more higher, but I can understand where you so if we'll just call it even there. So mm-hmm. we're about eight or nine. John, I think, disagrees with Russell Wilson, but me and Justin are saying if he had better talent and a better coach that he would have success. So we're about cool. eight or nine franchise guys. Ten I if you're including Russ. Nine if you're not. Okay. Um, I don't think Daniel Jones is one of those guys. I don't even think he's in the bubble. Okay. I'd, so that's where I'm at with him. I don't even think he's on Tua's level. If we want to even get further down. I think he's a that's bottom fair. 20, b- bottom 10 quarterback, bottom 12. I don't get he's that. somewhere in 20 to 20-something range. I don't think he's top 20. I, I just don't. Brandon, if you Because I take Jimmy me. Garoppolo over him. I take Jimmy G over him. I take – I Gino, it's hard. I would take – that one's so hard. I would take Geno Smith over him right now. Um, I'd take uh, – I'm sorry, I'd take Mac Jones over uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, I'd take Tannehill over Jones. I'd take Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence. I'd take Jalen Hurts. Hell, I'll take Taylor Heineke over Daniel Jones, bro. I'm a big Taylor guy. I'll take Goff over Daniel Jones. I wouldn't take Matt Ryan over Daniel Jones. I would take Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan – was in a very – I think his offensive line was really – like I, Matt Ryan's obviously not what he was, but he's still better than Daniel Jones, especially with football IQ and being able to read defense as a high letter, level and pass the ball. Um, yeah, there's and there's some other guys too. Uh, I mean, Brandon. Justin Fields, John would probably take over Daniel Jones. I got a question for you. I got, so, maybe got a good answer. You love Trevor Lawrence, and you think he's going to be a franchise quarterback, right? Yes. Yes. Where do you think his progress is on, on that meter so far this season? How far away is he from establishing himself as quite that? I think uh, by next year he can with Calvin Ridley. With Calvin Ridley, right? Yes. So when you talk about Trevor Lawrence this year and his struggles, what is the main reason why in the red zone and the fourth quarter of games were noticed the fourth quarter, as well Daniel Jones has been really good, he struggled? Why Trevor Lawrence has struggled in the red zone? I think it has a multitude of reasons to do with it. I think young quarterback making mistakes. Um, I think not having that number one weapon. None of his receivers are really red zone targets. Maybe Evan Ingram is his best red zone target, and that's really like, oh, my, oh boy, now we're pushing it. So, yeah. So, rec- receiving talent. Oh, man, right? dude. My cat just farted. I'm sorry. Oh, God, that stinks. Well, oh. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Sorry. So Trevor Lawrence, I think the cat's tired of the Trevor Lawrence disrespect, Brandon, because you're saying Trevor Lawrence has struggled in some of these areas because he doesn't have that go-to guy. You look Mm -hmm. at Patrick Mahomes, he still has Travis Kelsey, one of the greatest head ends of all time. Juju Smith, your prayers up to him because he got concussed this last week. Juju, as a number two, really freaking good. And notice... Who did the Chiefs bring in? The Giants' number one receiver, the former 20th overall pick, and Kadarius Tony, An amazing talent. So look at what Daniel Jones has in New York. His top three receivers this year, Asset Saquon Barkley, who kind of has carried that offense because he's the only competent weapon Daniel Jones has, and their top three receivers. Can, can you even guess them? Uh, it, like in receiving yards right now? Yes. No, he doesn't play for them anymore. That's what I'm talking Sterling, about. Sterling Shepard doesn't play for them anymore, right? He, he's he's injured. injured. He tore his ACL. Okay, he's yeah. been injured. Um, 
And uh, the only guy I would know is Darius Slayton, but I don't think he'd be up there because he just came back from injury a couple uh, games ago. But he's he been very good. Wide receiver in yards. Second is Richie is? James. Yeah, over yeah. the last three, oh. four, four weeks. Yep. Oh, okay. Second is Richie James, who single-handedly cost them the game versus the Seahawks that they should have won. And yeah. last is Sterling Shepard with Daniel okay. Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger is a good tight end, a good young yes. one, but he's also got – he got injured as well. So what Daniel did... Jones' top weapons, Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay, AFK, yeah. Kadarius Tony, AFK, and then traded. Sterling Shepard tears his ACL. Yeah, Daniel Bellinger, top yards. tight end, serious eye injury. Those were his four top weapons. Mm-hmm. All of them get injured. Then you take it one step further. Darius Slitton on most teams is a fourth receiver, maybe a fifth on really deep teams like the Chiefs. He might be their fifth receiver. And right now, Darius Slayton is playing really good football. 95 yards in the TD last week. Part of it is him playing well. Another layer of it, too, is just a matter of opportunity. This Giants offense doesn't have much explosiveness. And in spite of that, Daniel Jones has won more games than a Josh Allen, just as many as a Patrick Mahomes. And you can say it's partially because of the schedule, but at the end of the day, what makes the Giants a very good team is that they're out executing opponents. A big layer is coaching, no doubt about it. But the second element is a quarterback. And Daniel Jones, who had his back against the wall, fifth-year option declined. And what do you know this year? He's played his best football with a real head coach. The first time he's had a real head coach. What do you think is going to happen if he gets a number one receiver next year, like a Calvin Ridley? What if you put in New York, let's say, I don't know, Deontay Johnson, who can take a simple five-yard slant into 30 yards down the field. He's a low-end wide receiver, number one. I still what if you wouldn't... take a step further with like Rashad Bateman? Rashad Bateman would be easily the best receiver in New York. He, he's injured after the season. I, That's the point I'm getting at here. Again, I don't, I don't, I still wouldn't change my narrative on Daniel Jones. Um, I still think there's a bunch of quarterbacks that I would take over him. We could go, we've gone down the list. I, there's a lot of quarterbacks I would take over Daniel Jones. I think if you went down the list, John, I think you'd be shocked over the quarterbacks you would take over Daniel Jones right now. But he's just I, I think, entering his peak. He's not entering no peak. There's no peak. If it's the if this is him peaking, dear God, you're in trouble. No, you, you know, okay? Brandon, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I understand both arguments here. I mean, Daniel Jones right now, I think he has eight passing touchdowns to two rushing touchdowns. He has almost 400 yards rushing. Uh, Saquon's calling him now Vanilla Vic. The, the guy's run. The, the guy's running. But I, I, I think uh, Brandon, I, I'd ask you to just ease up on him a little bit because the facts are he really hasn't had a receiver. He hasn't at all. I mean Darius Slayton, and I won't say disrespectful because he. I don't think he's a number five receiver on other teams. I think his first two seasons, I think he had over seven hundred yards in his rookie season. He caught eight touchdowns. It's because he's a good receiver. He can play. I think it's been poor coaching is the reason why he hasn't been able to to get out there. Now this season, he's finally breaking out. But he shouldn't be a number one. And Saquon Barkley shouldn't be number two in receiving on your team. Richie James should not be your number two receiver. And Sterling Shepard has been out for a couple of weeks now, and he still ranks fourth on your team in receiving yards. Kenny Galladay has been an absolute ghost, has 22 receiving yards on the season i saw him drop a wide open drag route in their last game and Mm -hmm. i'm like jesus christ this guy's hitting really low so i'd say just take it easy on the guy because remember saquon hasn't always been healthy since he's been there as well i think we're seeing that he can be a better quarterback and he's playing a lot better at this this past week when he was on the field Hold on, I just had the stat right now, and of course it disappears. Okay, uh, Daniel Jones had a 153.3 passer rating versus the Texans. Albeit, yes, it's the Texans. That is the highest passer rating in a single game in the NFL this season. This season, it's a Daniel Jones game. 
He threw the ball well. He's looking better throwing the football. He's moving out of the pocket. He's playing smart. He's making throws on the run. He's not throwing interceptions. He's not fumbling the football either. So I'm not going to say, yes, he's a franchise guy, but I think he's turning himself into a quarterback where if there are no, you know, big hits in the draft that you really want to go get, I think the Giants can guess, can say with confidence, okay, we could go into next year with Daniel Jones. No okay. doubt. I I think we're going to talk about this when we have JQ on the show. I want to save it for when JQ, you get on here. I know he's listening right now. Now, talking mm. about Daniel Jones, B-Cap, I'm asking two questions. Mm. Do you think a franchise quarterback, the definition of it should be someone that maximizes the talent around him and can get the most out of maybe a limited personnel? Yeah. But is Daniel Jones accomplishing that very feat right now? No. He's not. No. The second question is, because, has Daniel Jones mm-hmm. not gotten better? Are you saying that he hasn't improved? Because in my opinion, he has in each of the last two years. I mean, he's, yes, from what he has been, but it's not saying a lot. Like I'm saying, he probably went from a bottom five quarterback to a bottom 10 quarterback. But was he a bottom five quarterback? You saw that giant team without him with Mike Lennon, how that looked, right? Yes, he was a bottom five starting quarterback. Yes. Daniel Jones this year has three fumbles. And in terms of the turnover worthy plays, they've dropped a lot in terms of interceptions just two so that's five turnovers that was the biggest pushback with jones so now that that's kind of not a weakness that's slowly become an asset for him the ability to take care of the ball i feel like daniel jones is a wide receiver one away from being one of the better quarterbacks in football and i never felt like he was a bad quarterback i just felt like he wasn't franchise quarterback material this year he has more than lived up to the task he's shown the ability in pocket presence and feel He's become way more comfortable off of a neck injury, by the way. Those are pretty serious to the degree people thought he may not even play to start the season with the Giants. That was up in the air. And right now, he is one of the most improved players in football. And in my eyes, he can easily enter the discussion of quarterbacks on the cusp of franchise material. I think that's an idiotic statement, but I think you don't watch the Giants this year. That's what I think. I wouldn't say franchise guy, but I'd like to say his ceiling is the bubble. I think that's what is Daniel Jones' ceiling? Top 15, top 12, top 20. Right now, he's top 20 to me. I don't know. Like, I'd say top 15 with a number one receiver 17th, 16th, 18th ceiling. Yeah. We go over the quarterback list again, but okay. If it's between him and Jared Goff, I'm taking Daniel Jones. Convincing. Yeah, you are taking Daniel Jones right now, but if we were talking when Jared Goff was going off, you would take Jared Goff. Three years you ago. You see how like it's like such an interesting debate when one guy's playing good, the other guy's not playing good. You're going to take the guy who's playing better. Because one guy is entering his prime, the other is out of it. That's why. Okay. Okay. We're good. Agree to disagree. Talking about debate. Tonight, the Green Bay Packers will face off against the Tennessee Titans. This will introduce our NFL pick em. Last week for us was bad news, fellas. It was um, an inaccurate week, to say the very least. 
I led us with seven correct point picks. Yes. I usually don't do that poorly, but I, I just got to say, the, the 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 options I chose the Browns they they killed me. I thought they or excuse me the Dolphins they won so it wasn't it wasn't the Browns. I'm trying to pull up where I went wrong specifically. I can get it for you right now. The Seahawks I chose over the Buccaneers. The Bills I chose over the Vikings that broke my heart. And then I took the Broncos over the Titans, who are just seemingly always winning when we doubt, again, doubt them. Then I took the Bears over the Lions. That was a stunner. And of course, Josh McDaniels. I thought you could beat Jeff Saturday and the Colts, and you couldn't even do that. I mean, come on. J-Red, Brad and I were talking about it. Mark Davis comes out and says, Josh McDaniels' job is safe. Is that cap or no cap? Well, apparently a report that I read is that they're in like financial ruin, so they can't afford to fire Josh McDaniel and hire a new coach. So his job is, <laughs> the report said he's safe this year and next year. Um, but this is an ugly, ugly season. At two and seven with the talent that you acquired going into the season, that's a, that, that, that's a big time failure. I mean, jo- Josh McDaniel, second head coaching stint, and that's how you get it started. That doesn't look good. Yeah. I'm trying to call my name real quick. Happened to Nathaniel Hackett. One and done, Nathaniel Hackett. He's done. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Three and King done. Hackett. Cliff Kingsbury. Three and done. <laughs> or four and done, excuse me. Four? Oh, okay. You're asking is done, if Justin? Cliff is done? Is done. Is he done? Is he out of here? Feed him to the fishes. No, he's not. Not three and not three and done. Ron Rivera. Nah, come on, you can't do that to my boy. Yeah, Riverboat is he'll still be in there. Hey yo, what are they three and one with Taylor Heineke? They're tough teams. You doing? Is Carson Wentz the unluckiest quarterback in NFL history? (laughs) It's a time we're having this discussion of a guy who I talked about this on Joel's show. Joel Moran. He comes in and gets drafted, second overall pick. And I remember a report of him getting locked into a gas station bathroom. And that level of what? That level of dysfunction has just carried over to his football playing. In all due respect, you go to Philadelphia and you're an MVP. You tear your ACL and your backup Nick Foles comes in and wins your team the Super Bowl. The next season, you have your team, you get off to a slow start, but you start to pick things up and then you get injured again. Nick Foles comes in and wins a playoff game. The following season, it all comes crashing down when your offensive line's in ruins, your head coach is dialing up the poor play calls, and then you get traded to Indianapolis. You go to Indy, and you have a good start to the season. You're one of the better quarterbacks in football. Then it all starts to come crashing down, and you guys saw that game versus the Patriots, and I forget what week it was, where the dude completed like seven passes, and Mac Jones didn't beat him. I think you guys lost that matchup. We did lose because we were coming back and then Jonathan Taylor broke out for a a big time run. And then Carson Wentz struggles in the season ending loss against the Jaguars. They missed the playoffs. Jim Irsay steps in and we've seen since then, since the Colts traded to Carson Wentz, he was not the issue in Indy. He was one of the guys that was leading to some of the problems. And now in Washington, struggles, but had a good week one. He had a decent season and now his team's just winning without him. Taylor Heineke is not playing that much better than Carson Wentz. It's just a matter of him finding some energy. And it, it's very clear. Locker rooms are more receptive to Carson Wentz's backups. They play harder. They play with more toughness. So I'm asking you guys again, is Carson Wentz the unluckiest quarterback in NFL history? 
Pro probably, <laughs> probably. I, I don't even know how much to add to that, but yeah, I feel bad for the guy. The guy hasn't had, I guess, yeah, it's just bad luck, man. It's bad luck. If you're the Colts, do you wish you had him back? No. No. No, I think he's too average. I'd rather just get a top pick. But apparently, Jeff Saturday, Jeff Saturday saying, screw the top pick. We're going to go win seven games. So, hey, that's good for him. Good for his coaching resume. But I feel like for the Indianapolis Colts, the whole point of firing your former coach and Frank Reich was that you get the first overall pick. And if you're going to go through all of this dysfunction just to win six games with Jeff Saturday because all of a sudden he's getting this interim energy, what is Jim Mercer thinking? That's what I'm really coming to the conclusion of. And it feels like Indianapolis doesn't have a direction with the way they won. Maybe it was just the Raiders last week. That's a very possible uh, conclusion to why they, they won. So talking about NFL pick'em, tonight we got the Green Bay Packers squaring off with the Tennessee Titans at home. Packers, crucial win last week versus the Cowboys. Jay Ray, was that for real? Christian Watson, four TDs. They actually cut Amari Rodgers the other day, which I don't blame them for. Three fumbled punts for, for the three muff punts. Tennessee this year, every time you bet against them, always seems to win. Even against Kansas City with a rookie quarterback who couldn't complete more than five passes. So, who do you got tonight, Tennessee or Green Bay? This is a tough one because I've been hard on Tennessee going into the season, but also at the same time, I felt a little optimistic about the Packers this past week. You know, Christian Watson didn't start off the game too great, but Aaron Rodgers kept the faith and fed him the football, and then it turns into a big day for him. I think it was, what, four catches for 107? right three touchdowns so i don't know i i want to pick the packers it's in lambo uh tennessee's gonna be running the ball hard i'm gonna go with green bay i'm gonna take aaron Rodgers this week devondre campbell's out with the knee no romeo dabs and david bakhtiar and elton jenkins are both questionable if not practicing with knee injuries i mean those tackles have been questionable all year and they still have played they actually had to move Allen well. Jenkins to guard um, because he wasn't playing well uh yeah but I'm taking the Green Bay Packers uh I, I think that they can get these two games I forget who they have next week I think they have a really tough game next week um but yeah I've said I said uh after their win I think that there is a path where that they can sneak in as the seventh seed but they're gonna have to play some really good football down the stretch uh I think being the Cowboys last week and now being the Titans this week, I think is a big momentum uh, builder. So I'm going to take uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. Next week, Green Bay plays Philadelphia. That was the matchup. Yes. So for the Titans, no Ben Jones, their center, and no Bud Dupree. I'm going with Tennessee. Call me crazy, but I went against them last week, and I'm done feeling like a fool. Next game up, Chicago is going to Atlanta. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is one of the most boring games of the week. And the slate isn't very good either, so that's it's kind of saying a lot. That's saying, <clears throat> saying a lot that's not impressive, excuse me. For the Chicago Bears, their injury report going to this matchup isn't too heavy. Can you pull it for me? Yeah, okay, just Kyler Gordon limited, so nothing serious for them. I'm going to roll with the Falcons this week. I think they're going to run the football rather well. And it's going to be another close loss for the Chicago Bears. I'm going to roll with the, the Bears. I'm going to go with Chicago. I think uh, Justin Fields is playing at an elite level right now. He's going absolutely crazy. And it really begs you to question, okay, is, 
is this the version that we were all expecting? Do, does Chicago have their guy? And I think they do have the answer. I think it's yes. Um, so you feel that roster around them. I think they'll finally squeeze out a win now. They've lost, what, four straight, no, three straight games. I think they finally squeezed one out here. And I've been high on Atlanta. This is a week they go down. Yeah, I got Chicago winning this game. I'm surprised John doesn't have Chicago because he was talking about Justin Fields being a franchise guy too or being the best quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft. But Jerry, I got a question for you. Could Justin yeah. Fields be the best quarterback in the 2021 class? Yes. He can be. I'm not saying How he predictable is. is that? I'm saying if, he can be. If, if, if. What do you think it would take? You think if they get wide receiver number one, he can establish himself as top two, top three dual threat QB? You know, it's a lot of ifs, but the thing is, if you're looking at all those quarterbacks from those drafts, have you seen a better stretch of football out of any of them than what we're seeing out of Justin Fields right now? I don't think you can say that. Now Jones had the consistency as a passer, but even still, the highs of Fields are way too electric. That's, that's what I'm saying. So I don't think we've seen that from any one of those quarterbacks. So yeah, I think it's definitely believable that he can be the best quarterback in that class. Okay, I think there's a real chance he has next game. Honestly, before uh, before we keep going, the Bears yeah. are, are plus three. I, I'll hammer that bet down. I'll take that any day. That's my lock. J-Ray locks? Okay, okay. I see you. The next game up is going to be a snow thunderstorm, whatever they're calling it, in Buffalo. Uh, it might be in Buffalo. It might also not be in Buffalo. J-Ray, do you want to read off the meme you told us before the show, if you could share? <laughs> the, the projected snow is uh, three to six feet. And somebody put out Devin Singletary is five foot seven. I think that game is going to be moved. Ironically, the last time the game was moved due to snow was for the Bills versus the Jets in 2014. That game got pushed over to Detroit, Michigan. So for the Browns, the injury report this week I'm pulling up, I'm going to roll with the Bills. Josh Allen is limited, but I do think he gets back on track after a series of just devastating losses versus the Jets and this last league versus the Vikings. He's an elite quarterback, and I don't have him in MVP conversation anymore, but that doesn't mean he didn't get right back into it, finishing off the season on a much better note. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Buffalo. I think they get back on track. Uh, I, it's just been an ugly two games. They should have won both of them. Uh, I think that you have to regroup, and this is the best time to do it. Yeah, the last time um, the Buffalo Bills had a huge snowstorm was in 2017 against the Indianapolis Colts. Do you guys know who the quarterback was for that team, the Colts? Jacoby Brissett. Mr. Jacoby Brissett, and he is currently the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Now, he did lose that game 13-7 to in overtime. That was the game where, uh, can you guess the Buffalo Bills starting quarterback? Tyrod Taylor. No. Nathaniel, Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> and, and Joe Webb threw a couple of passes too. But that's, the Pittsburgh. Day LaShawn, that's the day LaShawn McCoy had 32 carries, 156 yards rushing. Um, Jesus. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting, interesting game. I mean, I would not want to be playing in that type of cold and snow uh, with Josh Allen's elbow injury. I mean, with the cold is just going to make it even worse every time you get hit. This a, a snowstorms are always a toss up because it's not really you know it's very sloppy football play because of the conditions. So I mean anything can happen. I'm gonna be honest. 
I picked the Bills, but I think I'm going – if it plays in Buffalo, I think I'm going to favor the Browns because of Nick Chubb. And I think it's if it's snowing, I think the run game is going to be dealt a lot. Now, I understand Josh Allen's probably going to take off a lot, but Nick Chubb is uh, – uh, and Kareem Hunt, I think they can gash for some uh, yardage. And it's going to be you- tough. It's going to be tough tackling Nick Chubb in the oh in the cold. Oh my god, that's going to hurt. I'd rather just, just quit. Hear your freaking bones just crack and break. I'll go home. Oh. <laughs> I was like, coach, coach, I got minus go. eight. I can't. Minus eight Buffalo beat cap. Is that your pick of the week? I can't, I can't lock it because I don't know if it's going to be played in Buffalo. If I knew for a fact it was playing in Buffalo, it'd probably be a lock of the week, but. I've got another lock of the week. Do, do we know guy? Do we know where they would play if uh, it's moved? I don't think they announced it. I'm gonna Google it, but I think yeah, it would Google, be Google it real side. quick. So let's let's uh let's move. On. I'll I'll take the next game, John, while you uh while you Google it. All right. So the next game up is the Philadelphia Eagles taking on a team we were just talking about, the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Minnesota is favored by seven points. Justin, what say you? I'm sorry, Jeff, Sunday. I'm going with the oh. Philadelphia Eagles. This is not going to be your day. <laughs> no? So I'm gonna we, go didn't not, we didn't actually get – Justin, tell us your thoughts on the Monday night. They lose their first game of the season. Oh, man, that was – I, I started to question, did Washington show us the blueprint on how to beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Like, it, it really posed the question to me. Can the Giants or – really steal his division or the Cowboys can they steal the division from the from the Eagles they still got to play each other again so it's more than possible but I think all in all I think Philadelphia needed to lose one uh they needed to see some of their weak spots they need to clean them up and ultimately I think they'll be fine so I'm not gonna get on the Taylor Heineke hype train I think uh it was just it's just an ugly game for Philly couldn't Mm. get the run game going at all it's not like them so talking about Riverboat Riverboat Ron he has now beat the last two undefeated teams, the Steelers in 2020 and the Eagles in 2022. You guys think that was enough with the young quarterback and Heineke coming in, he's not that young, he's 29, to save his job? Yeah, they rally yeah. around They rally around him. Don't get rid yeah, of him. Yeah, try, try to I tell you, John. Get, um, it's weird because Heineke's played worse than Wentz, though. Yeah, but he's leading to wins, though. He is, and so is Daniel Jones, and you're saying that Daniel Jones isn't. All right, let's, look, let's go we'll pick him. At, I mean, let's go look pick at him. the conversations that people were talking with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Um, but for Philly and Indianapolis, I picked Indy, but I go back and forth on this one. Because I think Indy, as I've always said this entire season before the season, Indy has a style of, of plays a style of football that you really don't want to see, and it's run the football at a high level, um, have a veteran quarterback who makes smart decisions, and plays good defense. Now, we saw a little bit of Philly's kryptonite, which is the similar, actually, to Dallas's kryptonite, which is stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that Jonathan Taylor, even though he's been nicked this season, he had a big game last uh, last week, I believe, right? Uh, he can have another big game. Um, the team looks a little rejuvenated, playing with energy, playing with fire. I think Indy can steal this game as you say Matty Ice? Matty Ice is coming back. You know what? I'm you taking Indianapolis. Run? I'm taking Indianapolis in Indy. I'm taking them. Is this your bet of the week? Is this your This is day? not my bet of the week. I, well, I'll tell you when it's my bet of the week. I was about to say, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> placing a ticket with you guys if this is your bet of the week. That's not my bet of the week. 
we want to place a ticket, but talking about the Bills versus Browns game, the neutral side would be speculated Ford Field in Detroit because the Lions or the, the Bills play there against the Lions four days later, but it also could be oh. some other destinations. That's where a lot of games are typically moved. Food for thought. Okay. Next game, the New York Jets at New England. We discussed this matchup before. I'm real with the Jets, man. I like the magic of Zach Wilson, Ahmad Sauce Garner, and a Jets defense being galvanized. The troops this year are coming out the fire. Top five defense. The running game doesn't have no breeze hall, but I can see a big day from Garrett Wilson if they can just feed him early in the first quarter. Not a chance, not a flying chance that they're going into Foxborough and beating the Patriots, especially off of a bye. I'll hammer that home. That's enough. That if that would be another lock of the week for me, to be honest with you. Patriots minus three, lock. Lock. Oh, my goodness, I'm done with you. Okay. This right. is my lock of the week. All right. I'll place a ticket with you now, Brandon. There we go. <laughs> you right. guys are just delusional. We straight fans. up locked up Zach Wilson, mystery Zachary Wilson. Sucking on sucking against the Patriots. Listen, 13, I believe it's straight victories against the New York Jets. You have 13 or 14. We've won so many times, I've lost count. So, you know, sorry, we dominate, you know, but it's not, you know, there. Um, yeah, New England's gonna win this game. It's in Gillette. You saw what he did, what we did against him in New York in the Meadowlands. Now we got our home crowd behind them. We're coming off the bye week. Bill Belichick is very good coming off the bye. Give me the New England Patriots. I mean, come on. I, I just, Brandon Hot uh, takes. He's got but, the Browns covering minus eight, which I think they definitely could. He's got the Eagles covering, or he's sorry, he's got the Colts covering minus seven, and he's got the Patriots covering minus three. Wow. Okay. Next game up, fellas. The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, their season's over. It's over. Kiss it good night versus the New Orleans Saints. I thought the Rams would be bad coming into this year. I thought there would be a 9-10 win team against the playoffs and get knocked down in the first rounds. But boy, would I be kidding you if I thought they would be this bad. Now, last week versus the Cardinals, no Matthew Stafford. But the Cardinals had no Kyler Murray. And we saw one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league is Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, you could argue, had one of the better quarterback performances of the season for the Cardinals. And it looks like Jerry has got something to say. No, no, I just threw up the horns, man. Well. Uh... Texas Longhorns. Oh, yeah. I only remember him as the Browns quarterback, which was ugly. Zion registered that. I know he was the second quarterback taken in 2010, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. I was looking at the other day. For the Rams, John Walford is questionable. They're backup. And it seems like Matthew Stafford is questionable as well. But he was a full participant getting out of concussion protocol to get cleared. Guys, it's just ridiculous to me that the Saints are still favored. Why do people think the Saints were a remotely okay team? Dennis Allen has been a failure as a head coach, and we're seeing right now his team is undisciplined, and he's a good defensive coordinator, but his defense has been bad. The Steelers look like the 1960s Browns first their defense, and you take one step further, their quarterback Sandy Dalton, how have they favored back-to-back -back weeks? This time at home last week on the road, I don't understand. The Rams are covering this game. Even if Matthew Stafford doesn't play, the Saints are an utter disaster. I had them winning 11 or 12 games this year with Jameis Winston, and he's been more of Jemias this season. Three wins to seven losses. My pick of the week is the Rams, covering minus three. I mean, what are we doing here, Vegas? This is ridiculous. How are the Saints again favorites? Does no one see this? They're a terrible football team. Go prepare for Indianapolis. So are those our locks for the week? Easily. Okay. 
I like this. We got a pretty good ticket with our friends. I like this. Oh, so yeah, who you got? Rams? I'm going to take the Rams, too. I, I'm going to say this real quick. Brandon, congrats. You were right. You were right. Dennis Allen, as a head coach, you were right. I will give you I'll give you your flowers. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams here. Hopefully, Matt Stafford is on the field for this week. I am, am kind of hurt, and I'm really rooting for the Rams heavy because I need them to have a reason to bring Cooper Cup back for my fantasy team. So I absolutely need the Rams to win some games down the stretch. I'm going to take the Rams this week at New Orleans. I didn't mention. What happened with Cooper Cup, Cap? He got rolled up on, so he is now on IR. I forget what the injury is. I don't know if it's a knee or an ankle. Um, yeah, he's on IR right now. Uh, I, I, If I was Sean McVay, I think you got to see the writing on the wall with this season. I don't think you rush him back or bring him back and risk you know, hurting him even more. But I'm going to pick the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I know it's – I think the reason they're favored uh, is because they're in uh, – New Orleans and Cooper Cup is out, but I just the Rams got to beat these bad teams, man. Come on, like let let's go, Los Angeles. You got to have some something. You would hope right high ankle sprain for Cooper, which is unfortunate. Trying to defend his triple crown, which I don't think he's going to cover this year. No. Next game up, Detroit going to New York. The Giants are three point favorites at minus three. There's some magic this year. Two teams in football, guys. The first of the Tennessee Titans. Most people had them missing the playoffs, and they are the clear lock to win the AFC South nine weeks into the season. One step further, the New York Giants, most people had winning five or six games. They're 7-2 and two to start this year with one of the easiest remaining schedules in the NFL. Dan Campbell, fun fact, was once interviewed for an offensive gig in Miami, which he later got by the Giants' new head coach in Brian Dable, their current offensive, the, at then, back then, the current offensive coordinator. And Daple would say Dan Campbell was so excited, he was out of breath for half the interview, throwing chairs around, going wild. He had just been a former player as a tight end, and Daple said, this guy's energy is something we need in this building. Now, they meet again in MetLife Stadium, and I love Dan Campbell, but boy, do I love Daniel Jones and those New York football giants, and boy, do I think they're going to win yet again in another close game, and they'll cover the minus three. I think that's pretty easy if i'm gonna have them taking a w w i'm gonna go with the g-men too uh i think it'll actually be a shootout i could see this being a game where we finally see daniel jones throw for a couple touchdowns here i see two touchdowns maybe even a rushing touchdown so if you're betting for fantasy football DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever it is yo go out there and get daniel jones for your quarterback same with jerry goff i see this being a shootout maybe a i'd like to say it's 31 26 kind of game i think the giants win Yeah, I'm taking the New York Giants. I, I don't – yeah. I love Detroit. I, I agree with you guys' sentiments. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a shootout, Justin. Uh, Giants defense has been pretty good. But, I mean, for my sake, I hope I'm on St. Brown. Jamal Williams, get it going. Yeah, what happened to DeAndre Swift? Not looking too good this year. No, he has not, actually. I can't run forward. That's a pretty important piece of the running back spot. Just kind of run forward. You just kind of got to, you know, see the hole and run through it. He and Deontay Johnson are struggling with that. Next game up, the Carolina Panthers going to Baltimore. The Ravens this year have not been, you know, great in the fourth quarter. But if you're a 13-point favorite, you might not have to play in the fourth quarter. Maybe the, for the Ravens, they actually should play in the fourth quarter. That's why they don't have eight or nine wins right now. For Baltimore, 
Get yourself a bye week. Now you get to play one of these opponents that are riding high on some interim energy. Remember, Panthers 3-7, not a one-win football team. I have the Ravens winning, but minus 13, I have the Panthers covering. I think Deontay Foreman has himself another 90 rushing yard day. He doesn't get 100, and honestly, Baker Mayfield coming back. Brandon, what do you think is going to be the outcome of this football match? He's back. Shake it, bake, baby. But uh, sadly, oh, he couldn't handle the heat. Had to throw up a game-managing quarterback who couldn't make a throw in the Super Bowl to win it. Um, no, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you guys. I have the Baltimore Ravens winning this game. Uh, the Panthers are just bereft of uh, weapons. They don't have anything really to uh, for Baker to even work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I do agree with John though on the covering thirteen. I think that uh, the Panthers can cover thirteen. But let's go shake and bake, baby. Love seeing them back. I think uh, Baltimore is going to beat beat the brakes off of the Panthers this week. And also, I think Baltimore is probably the most disrespected good team in football. I think they are a Super Bowl contender. They've won three straight games. They've beaten the Saints. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Browns. This team, if they get hot, is probably one of the scariest teams to go up against when it comes to playoff football. I love Lamar, and I think this second half now for them coming off of a bye is going to be the start when we're going to see MVP Lamar start to creep up again. So I'm going to roll with the ball. With what receivers? Lamar's enough. Mark Andrews is questionable in this matchup. I just don't think the Ravens have enough juice or explosiveness with no Rashad Bateman, who is on IR. I mean, you didn't address it in the draft. You were reliant on him as number two. And now you have zero depth. At a position that will matter in the postseason, it may not come back to bite them currently, mm-hmm. but in the first round of the playoffs, if they even get there, J-Rat, I think that's why no one respects them. It could Next also be game, a strategy just to pay him less. They hope for a, a performance. Is that the strategy? Yeah, I, hey, I think it can be. Draft the receiver to get Lamar for less money, less guaranteed money more so. I think so, but they'll be fine. He, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna get the bag. He will. If it's not by the Ravens, of course, some team surely will. One of them could be the Patriots, who definitely need a quarterback. Um, for this game, Mark Andrews, questionable, limited participants. Calais Campbell did not practice for rest. He's older. And then we're going to move forward to Riverboat Ron and the Commanders. Five and five. Who would have thought they'd get back to this level after that? Albatross, uh, a terrible press conference earlier in the season coming off their loss. Where Ron Rivera literally was slandering his quarterback's name. Was he not right? I think he was in the wrong because you don't say that to the media. No, I mean, like, was he actually right, though? Like, I mean, we've literally seen that Carson goes down, Taylor comes in, they're 3-1. and one. I, We've literally seen that it was the quarterback. But Yeah, he is right. Congrats. Next game, Commanders at Houston Texans. Commanders on the road, three-point favorites. I had the Texans winning this one. Take me <laughs> home, Damian Pierce. Take yeah. me home, <laughs> Contra. Damien Pierce. John, you remember that song in Germany when the Bucks beat the Seahawks? You remember they were playing that song? You remember that? (laughs) A W. Oh, but uh, no, I have the uh, uh, Washington Commanders taking this game. I'm a big Taylor Heineke guy. Let's go. Brent's got to celebrate a little losses. That's all he's going to get this year. (laughs) B. Robinson is running the football well. Taylor Heineke is just. Not playing fantastic, but finding a way to win them games. 
Uh, congratulations. I think they find a way to lose this game. Houston has been playing close games all in all, all, all season, and I've been picking them to win some of these things. I lost money last weekend because I actually picked them to cover uh, the minus five and a half. They didn't, but this week I'm going to take Houston. I think they went outright at home. Damian Pierce is going to run like crazy. Davis Mills, uh, I'm going to give him more than 200 yards this week. We should mention that I believe Chase Young is coming back this week, right? Or he's designated to return? I'm worried about Chase Young. He's had the ACL injury, yes. But for as great a rookie as he was, before he got injured in year two, Chase Young did not show development. He didn't show these refined pass rushing skills. And that's a really big concern for the commanders because for Chase, his third season is a wash to the ACL. But his second season, we didn't see that development as a pass rusher. And so going to next year, Brandon, what do you say with an ACL? What's the one thing when a player comes back? Takes about a year for them to get back to who they were. So for Chase Young, who is expected to be activated for Sunday, he's nearing his return. Mm-hmm. This year for him, he's not going to be at full strength. And if next year's a wash for him, are we going to look at Chase Young with the way De'Ron Payne, not De'Ron Payne, Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat have been able to play in the last couple of years and say, he may be the least promising, not least promising, he may be the worst of all of these first-round draft picks up front. He may have been not the right pick at number two. Is that something we're going to start to say in a year? Not that he's a bust, because I don't think he is hometown kid, but are we going to look back and say, ooh, we're looking at him as the leader, you know, the guy in Washington. He, quite frankly, just may not be for his first couple of years after the CCL. I, the guy needs to get healthy. I, I mean, I'm reserving judgment. I mean, again, best ability is availability, but we got to see him on the field. Let's see exactly what he is when he's can play a full 16, 17 games, you know? Yeah. And he'll elaborate one and a half sacks for him in the first eight games of 2021. That was kind of the concerns. Mm-hmm. Next game up, talking about concerns, and I wouldn't call this concerns. I would call this the ships going down. Let's try to find Redemption some arc. sort of. What, what do you say? Redemption arc, John. Redemption arc. Brandon keeps saying that. I don't know what he's talking Because he texted it. Don't make me post it. Don't make me post it on Instagram, your text. I will take a what screenshot right now. About? Are you texting that? Texting what? Broncos redemption arc. Oh, you did text did that. that. Yes, yeah, you, I don't know what you're talking Sunday. about. Whatever, so to, uh, what, Russell got off to a nice little start. You put that in immediately. I don't remember that. What week? Last week. week. <laughs> Against the Titans? God, I did, yeah, short short winning, but I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I really I had to make in the playoffs, but then all bets were off when they traded Bradley Chubb. That was because yeah. they didn't want to win games. Sure. Yeah. Talking about winning games, Broncos have a long injury report this week, and these are the two biggest disasters in football. Do you all remember 10 weeks ago where we said the AFC West would be the, de- the best division in football? What do oh, we yeah. learn this season? What matters in coaching? The, what matters in football the most, I just said it, is coaching. People doubted Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. And they've gotten spurned. Justin Herbert's in that same camp of top five quarterbacks, but he hasn't had a head coach. The Broncos don't have a top five quarterback or top 10 quarterback, and they have an absolute disaster in the coaching department. The Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr is not the issue because if Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, and many other average quarterbacks win a bunch of games, it's very clear to me Derek Carr can win in this league. Who do you guys have taken this matchup in this game in Vegas, great destination if you're a fan, 
think and the Broncos are three. Oh, it's mile high. Yeah. My apologies. All good. Mile high, the Broncos are three-point favorites. I'm taking the Raiders. I think uh, they find a way to win the game. I mean, it's been a disaster of a season. It can't get any worse from here. I think they win. They squeeze one out. I think Denver's worse than them. So they beat I them think, once. Uh, they beat them twice. I think Denver's offense is bad. The Raiders' defense is bad. The Raiders' offense can be good, but it can also disappear. And Denver's defense is phenomenal. Both coaches are not that good. All that added up, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos. Oh, wow. Math doesn't make sense, but I'm taking the Denver Broncos. (laughs) It's tough to pick a team that has a divided locker room, but I do think there's something about – do I take the – damn it, I'm taking the Raiders this week. I don't know what it exactly is, but they've been so close in so many weeks now against the Jaguars, against the Colts. At some point – you have to think these players are going to come out with a level of fire to actually capitalize on opportunity. And I think that'll be a deciding factor this week. The Raiders, in my opinion, are a better fundamental team all around than the Broncos. Dude, they, they should have beaten the Chiefs. I went, the we Chiefs. were on this show and I threw that hat on and they had me. They were going to win that game. The Raiders should have so many more wins than what they already have. They're a much better team. I don't know what's up with execution. I don't know if it's a Josh McDaniels thing, but... Man, this is a disaster. I'm so disappointed in what the Raiders are this year. Approve me right this week because I need my pick them. If they don't win, I'm never picking them again. I haven't losing the last six games of the year. Now we have a very fun matchup. I would argue it's the game on Sunday to look out for because this slate is not ideal. And that is Kirk Cousins at home, 425. Versus Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are one and a half point favorites in spite of losing last week to the Packers and Christian Watson, whereas the Vikings are riding high with eight wins so far this year. The injury report says Christian Derrissaw is in concussion protocol because of a concussion last week versus the Bills. And also, Zadarius Smith is questionable with a knee injury. He was a limited participant. Justin Jefferson, you can make the case as the best receiver in football, and that is a big deal right now. And this Vikings offense had a level of fluidity in the fourth quarter of games. We saw it versus the Bills. Their defense making plays. This, to me, is an ultimate toss-up. And, man, I got the Cowboys win. I think they're just going to find a way to win. Tony Pollard balling out. I'm going to take Minnesota. I think Dallas took a heartbreaker of a loss last week, even though they should have won that game. Uh, Tough one to bounce back from going into Minnesota. Minnesota's playing hot. I think they stay hot. Kirk Cousins just makes not as many mistakes as Dak Prescott. That's what it comes down to. No, what it comes down to is that Dak, uh, Kirk Cousins is 2-8 and eight against the Dallas Cowboys in his career. Make it three. Um, huh? Make it three. Uh, make it three? No, I don't want to make it three because uh, it's going to be 2-9. Uh, and, uh, and also, he's 0-2 in Minnesota. Um, playing in Minnesota, he's 0-2 and... He's won in Dallas while he was a Minnesota Viking. But while playing in Minnesota, he's 0-2 against the Dallas Cowboys. I'll take the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a little struggle. I think Zeke possibly is going to be back this week. He's taken the last, I think, two weeks off. Um, 
Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back this week and beat up on Kirk Cousins like they usually do. Did you guys know the NFL is actively trying to sabotage my Steelers? No, they're not. You're just a conspiracy theorist. Humor me. The Bengals, in the last 25 years, have played 24 road games on primetime. Since 1996, take a guess how many of those road games they won under the bright lights. 24 available games. How many they've won? Yeah. 10? One. One game. And so when the NFL flexed the Steelers versus Bengals in Pittsburgh at Heinz Fields, and yeah, I just call it Heinz Field, you're damn right. They did the Bengals a massive favor. But playing in Pittsburgh for the Bengals is no easy feat. And I feel like TJ Watt comes back. Minka Fitzpatrick does not play last week versus Saints, a player that, for some odd reason, BCAP keeps disrespecting this year. Minka wanted to play a day after having his appendix removed. He legitimately could play this week. Jamar Chase could be back, because remember, Bengals did not put him on IR before going on IR this last week. And last but not least, DJ Reader could return as well. He's been out on IR. Man, I'm going to say it. Steelers are winning this game. Yes, sir. I, I think Cincinnati hangs a 30-piece on you guys. Uh, I think you guys lose. What do you say going to the last time these two teams played, huh? What do you say? I said it was a toss-up. I, I had Pittsburgh. Oh, in week one, you did have Pittsburgh. That was week oh, one. Shoot. You did. You did. <laughs> what did B-Cap say? Uh, I'm pretty sure I picked the Bengals. Um, but I'm picking the Bengals again. Uh, uh, they're for coming off the bye, which you forgot to mention. So um, they're well-rested. And they're also coming off of uh, – well, Joe Mixes is coming off a career game where I believe he had five touchdowns. I think he had 200 plus total yards of offense as well. Uh, yeah, they, they. I'm sorry. The the Bengals are are gonna beat up on the Steelers. Actually, you know, I won't beat say up. beat up. It could be a close game. No, it's gonna be a beat down. Because it is a division. What are you well, talking he's gonna say about? beat down. is out for the season. That's their number one corner. So who's gonna guard Deontay Johnson and Chase and George Pickens? No, who's gonna throw him the football? That's exactly. It's not Kenny like Kenny Pickett's gonna light the world on fire. Kenny Pickett. What do you mean? Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett missed a wide uh, wide open touchdown pass on the first play of the game last week. It wasn't wide open. It was pretty open. And taking it one step further, the Steelers are coming off <laughs> their best game in the season. They had the best rushing performance. If they can run the football and DJ Reader isn't 100%, the Steelers are going to win this football game. And dude, yeah, look, they're easily going to cover minus four. I think it's, the Steelers are going to. I think it'll be a double-digit loss. Okay. You know what? I'm done with you. Chiefs at Chargers. <laughs> Sunday night. The last time these two teams played was a very good football game. Minus six, Kansas City on the road. Give me KC. Andy Reid. Pat Mahomes, they'll find a way to win, as they usually do. And yeah. Grand Staley won't. Yeah, I think uh, the Chargers had their chance in Kansas City. They're marching downfield, and Herbert throws that pick six, basically icing the whole game. Uh, I think that was your best chance to slay the Dragon. You, you lost it there. Casey wins in your house. They have no fans there anyway. It'll be mostly Kansas City fans. Uh, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. They run the division. Uh the um, uh, path to the Super Bowl is going to run through Kansas City this year. Yep, give me Kansas City. Are we doing Justin Herbert is overrated because he has all these pick sixes and the Chargers can't win games? Or are we actually going to be reasonable human beings and acknowledge he has not had his receiver number one, he has usually missed his receiver number two, his head coach is Brand Staley, 
And like I said a week ago, his head coach's first season was Anthony Lynn. The last two years, it has been some of the worst in football. Mm -hmm. They're not aggressive. They don't maximize his skill set. And his entire team is devoted to I think they might be a little bit too aggressive at times with their fourth down calls. Well, yes, aggressive in the numbers, but not aggressive taking shots downfield and really opening up the game. Okay. With how good of an arm and how much of a talent Herbert is. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think Herbert has become underrated because of the disrespect he has gotten relative to Dolphin fans praising Tua? I, I I wouldn't say underrated. I think he's still an elite talent. I just, like you said, um, Keenan Allen isn't available to him. Injuries and the defense hasn't been what, you know, they expected it to be. So it's not entirely on him. I still think he's a top tier. He's going to be a top tier quarterback. Uh, I think he's got to take some blame here, but it's not going to be the finger pointing at him. It's going to be the head coach. This team has been a massive disappointment because uh, they were like a lot of people's, I think mine included. I believe I had them going to the Super Bowl. If not, I had them in the AFC Championship yep. game against the Bengals. Uh, there were a lot of people's picks to go to the Super Bowl, possibly even win it because of the offseason they had. And it's just been a complete massive failure. So I think he's rated just fine where he is. Uh, I don't think you can – I think he's like right there at like eight or nine, like right there. I, I, I just – Maybe 10, depending on where you have, like, Lamar Jackson. But Okay. Who do you have winning? I pick Kansas City. Kansas City? Okay. Yeah. Monday night. We've seen the NFL Monday, in London. Monday, Monday. Monday. We've no seen the NFL there. in Germany. And now, fellas, we get to see the NFL. And... Mexico City, 49ers versus the Cardinals this week. Kyler Murray missed last week, lower body. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. San Francisco rolling high, J. Ray. You have them winning out the rest of the season. I think this is going to be a very close game. And not only that, for this matchup, the Cardinals are eight-point underdogs. I think they cover. So what is your thought going to this game? Well, that's fine. They can cover all they want. At, at the end of the day, it's the, the win that matters. And I find that Arizona is going to lose. I, I'll stick by my argument. I think San Francisco is going to win out the rest of the way. And at the end of the season, we're going to be looking at them as the best team in the NFC. Um, for this game, I mean, I think Marquise Brown is designated to come back this game. Um, Zach Ertz is out. Uh, that's a tough loss for them. Yeah, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers. I just don't really – I don't believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray's got a hamstring problem. That's going to be rough going against that defense. Uh, but, yeah, let's go. You know, Viva la raza. I'm excited. With all that being said, anything else you guys have to add before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, real quick. So this is a new thing that we're doing for for our fans just so people can stick around with us and see what we're betting on. We're going to place our ticket together for the first time. So if you heard us, we were all picking our locks of the week. So I believe my lock of the week was the Bears plus three going against Atlanta. Brandon was New England minus three and a half going against the Jets. And John, what was yours? You already know. The Rams covering minus three versus the Saints. On the Rams road. minus three. So you, you you heard it here, guys. If you want Rams to bet with three. us, take those – 
bet with us and take that ticket we're gonna win you some money we're we're pretty confident on these picks now what we need to talk about is how much money we want to put into this thing each per pick i guess we could do that afterwards but we'll find out sure with all that being said thank you so much for watching staying at the very end of episode number 51 i'm john this was justin ray and brandon capizello and as always until next time stay classy what kind of fun